Welcome to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars. Shocking news coming to you live again from the tower in Bradenton Motorsports Park. Don't hate on me. Send your hate mail to somebody else. But we're going to have a quick chat. That was a tongue-in-cheek comment with Warren Evans, live stream expert and everything that is going on in the live stream world. We'll talk some NASCAR, the do's and the don'ts of taking a handgun on an airplane and anything else that comes to light. And we'll get started with that right after this. Let's put it up for the weekend warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can. Welcome back. We are going to jump right in because, hey, it's Wednesday. I'm in Florida. There's race cars rolling into the racetrack. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I could go back to the first comment. I'm in Florida. Warren Evans, welcome to the show. Hello, Don. How are you? Better than I deserve. And if you don't believe me, I can give you some text numbers and you can ask them. <laughs> nonetheless so uh thanks for coming on i know you're busy i i think everybody in the world of motorsports at this point is busy in some way shape or form but uh, i appreciate you taking out some time to jump on here talk a little live streaming what's going on in the world of motorsports and drag racing and well you know i needed somebody else to rant with for the day so Glad you were, could oblige. Well, I'm your man for that. And thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. And yeah, you're right. Busy is is the key word. Just uh, I'm already coming up on my third event in on the 2023 season, and it's gonna it's gonna be a busy schedule this year with uh, 36 events on my on my schedule for the year. Well, and we're not just talking about NHRA stuff. You have diversified yourself across the board in the niche market of live streaming and video production tell tell our listeners who may not know who you are what you're doing and uh, where you're going okay well i a lot of people are familiar with my live streaming work when i did the lucas oil divisional races starting in 2015 uh in in the early days, it was D3 TV. It became Drag Racer TV, and that's the name that people are most familiar with. And in the past two years, it's expanded considerably to include a lot of other events that weren't typically covered by me. They were covered by other people, uh, including one we, you and I have coming up next week. That is Sick Week, Tom Bailey's five-day drag and drive event. Uh, also have been fortunate enough to produce Hot Rod Drag Week for a couple of years, and we should have a couple more drag and drive events on the schedule. In addition to the NHRA Lucas Oil stuff, 21 of those on the schedule this year to be live streamed free on the YouTube page for NHRA. And then um, I've also got a partnership with uh, the folks at... Uh, Funny Car Chaos and Nitro Chaos to stream their events, which is hosted on Flow. 
and then a few little bracket races and specialty events. So it it's a it's a pretty full schedule for 2023. And Warren, you're not a young spring chicken. You're kind of an old guy. That's a lot of that's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm long past when I could start getting the senior citizen discount. That's for sure. But uh, I still got a little spring in my step, and uh, uh, I truly enjoy what I do, and I enjoy the creative part of it. And uh, uh, there's only a handful of us that are really out there doing this consistently, and I'm fortunate enough to be one of them. Well, they always say that if you want to stay young, stay around high-performance race cars and horses. That'll keep you young. I don't know if that makes you smart, but they say that'll keep you young. Well, it'll keep you broke, too. At least that's been my experience. But that's typically the, that's typically the characteristic that nobody talks about. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't deny the obvious. But on the other hand, what kind of price do you want to put on your passion? And, uh, you know, I'm pretty fortunate to get to expose people's passions to the rest of the world by getting out there and, and streaming these events. So, uh, like I say, I'm just, I'm just blessed every day to get to do it. Well, we're going to segue right on into that because it's something that we've kind of talked about over the years since you've been doing the live streaming and how it's moved through subscription based and, and from free to subscription and, and everybody knows that I, I did my my first gig with Flow. And I know that our listeners also know that I was very critical a couple of years ago and even had uh, Mike Levy from Flow on the podcast and, and threw my daggers and spears at James Lawrence when they did speed video. Because I, be, I believe that if you're going to charge for something, it needs to be of quality. And then if it's not of quality and you want to give it away, well... You can't complain if you're getting it for free. For us in drag racing and some of the other motorsports associations, we need the live stream format so that we can further individual driver branding, individual teams, ownership groups, businesses that are out here uh, fragmented in, in the segments. and. The drag week, the drag and drive, the sick week, Tom Bailey's approach. This is not your first year doing it. Tell our listeners exactly how big the free portion of it was last year for drag and drive, or I'm sorry, for sick week for, for Tom. Well, we ran four days last year. We were scheduled for five, but we had a rain out at Orlando, so we didn't broadcast anything on Tuesday. But by the end of the week, uh, during the awards ceremony, looking at the total numbers, we were at about 650,000 viewers for four days of broadcasting. And for perspective, with, with my previous experience, the first day at Drag Week, um, I generated more viewers than I did in the entire first two years of live streaming. So... That's uh that was a pretty significant number. And I really think since we the weather looks good, we should have five full days this year, plus the second year more people know about it. I think we'll be over a million viewers over the five days. Well, you know, I hope so because I, I mean I've been told that I've had the ability to upset 
a few people, sometimes a thousand people, sometimes 2000 people. But the opportunity for me to talk for six days and side note is there's actually sick week cars here testing today. So if you hear a little background noise, that's uh, that's some of the ongoing testing getting in preparation for sick week and Wade Rich and his team here. Um, the opportunity to upset a million people, man. I mean, it's not presidential or anything, but I'm, I'm, you know, I, I guess you got to have goals if you're going to upset people. Set the bar damn high. Set it high. <laughs> well, I know we've said this before, but uh, uh, Don, you're a guy that moves the needle one way or another. There, you're not. Nobody's. You're not going to blend in with the woodwork. You're either going to be. They're going to love you. They're going to hate you. They're going to have love you and hate you. All sorts of opinions, but. Uh, um, but it's personality. And to be honest, this sport needs personality. This sport needs to develop personalities and help them engage. All right. Well, so that's, that's your mission. Well, I, you know, um, <laughs> I, I guess I, I'm, <laughs> I don't know, move the needle. Do I guess I'm either, I'm either going to be dark wood or light wood or no wood. Uh, after right. uh, six days of sick week and talking. So, uh, and, and honestly, you know, we talk here, Cam and I have talked about it hundreds among hundreds, if not thousands of times, about what it is to bring value and so forth to not only your name, but to your partners that you work with, to the segment groups. And drag racing is a very fragmented segment group. And the live stream or the YouTube and the opportunities, the podcast, the opportunities to interact with people and share their passion i mean it's not it's no uh no secret i'm not a spring chicken i'm you know i'm not a good looking female on-air talent but i've been around drag racing since i was i mean 10 years old uh in motorsports and i and i truly love it and i think that the people that are out here that choose to spend their money and their family time and make memories and grind it away even if they don't have a uh, a following or or there's not a really cool backstory to them, they're still out here, and we and we have to we have to have it. We we have to have our sport continue and grow and flourish. And I didn't see it any differently doing it for Flow a couple weeks ago for the U.S. Street Nats. I'm, I'm you know uh, I guess say that now you know we won't have a podcast uh, next week because we'll be doing sick week uh and then the following week uh, you know i'm going to be doing lights out and the whole thing is is that somebody needs to tell their stories and i enjoy telling the story and it's not you know we did the this week in drag racing during covid just trying to keep things going and so forth i don't uh i don't want to shy away from it i am not Brian loans by no means, nor will I ever uh, achieve those levels. But being out here with these people that are doing this with their their wives, their girlfriends, their husbands, their boyfriends, their uncles, their it's uh, it's just amazing, and I think it's awesome to create the memories and and hopefully I will uh, not piss off so many people next week during sick week that the chat room explodes. But hey. Tune in. Who knows? <laughs> well, I think uh, even if you suck it up, uh, 
people are still going to watch. So you got that going for you. You'll get pl- plenty of hits to uh, change their minds. How's that? Uh, that or the, every time I pop up on screen, they're going to hit the mute button. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but you, but more seriously, you do make a good point. We need people telling those stories. And there's not a lot of resources out there that are doing that. And uh, you're a well-spoken guy. You've been there. You understand the right questions to ask. It's engaging. And that's the kind of thing that we need. And we need more of it. And we need it at all the levels where the racers need the exposure, not just not just the camping world guys on the, on the Fox show, but all the way up and down throughout the sport. So I totally agree. I totally agree with that. Thank you for those words. And my guidance counselor from high school so owes me a damn apology. That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's jump into do's and don'ts. It was NASCAR kicked off last weekend, this past Sunday, you were in Orlando. I was uh, relaxing, trying to swing a golf club, went into a bar because uh, I needed something to eat and it was close to the golf course and up on screen was Fox and the NASCAR clash and it kept my attention for about a solid uh, 20 minutes before I picked my phone up and went, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Um <laughs> But not really. I just I'm just not I'm just not a fan of it. I think it's great for marketing and and audience and viewership. And that's kind of where I was going. Like the highlight for me was understanding how much money NASCAR spent to increase their viewership. As we've talked in the past on the show, Warren, you know, it's NASCAR's media rights this year. And I've been very invested in researching the charter programs that NASCAR run and and media rights and the percentages and so forth, because I feel like it's something that even if it started off small, it would be a wonderful thing in the world of drag racing if we had some sort of media right money, some sort of charters that went on in the world of motorsports that we could sell to these large companies when you think that that fiasco, and that's what I'm labeling because it's it was a gimmick, right? It was a gimmick. The clash. It's a it's an Olympic stadium. It's a Coliseum next door to USC. And what did we do? We stuck thirty race cars on the inside of it and had them running around like they were at Bowman Gray Stadium in North Carolina for NASCAR flashback. But they got three point five million people tuned in. To watch this fiasco, this gimmick. Why do you think that might have been worn? Well, I think there's a, a combination of things. Uh, number one, LA is a huge television market. It's the second largest television market in the country. Two, people have been starved. I mean, this is their first taste of NASCAR since, you know, last last fall when the when the title was settled. So, you know, there, there was a an appetite there for it. The other thing, and you said they dumped a lot of money into promotion because this is contract here. Think about it with your local home newspaper. You know, about two or three times a year, the newspaper comes around and gives free copies to everybody for a couple of weeks. You know why that is, right? Because they can use that number as their circulation number when they go talk to advertisers. 
So in a similar fashion, I think maybe that's what Fox did here to push the numbers so that they can so they can trot that out and put it in front of advertisers. Well, I you know, you're on to something there. And, and and Warren, shocking news. A lot of my listeners have no idea what a newspaper is. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, the intent is there. You're absolutely right. I, I'm not 100% right, but it's, you know, everything in marketing and, and advertising and PR and business, we all have strategies and steps. There's a process to everything. doesn't matter if it's relationships, marriage, d- driving a race car, what putting engines together. We got steps and processes, checks and balances. And right now, this year, the media rights for NASCAR, they're getting, you know, the, the charter systems, they are the team owners, they are pushing back. They want more money. And, and if you want more money, that means you got to get more money before you can give somebody more money. And NASCAR needs to hit a home run on the media rights. That's going to have, I I mean, it would not shock me if there's a B gets floated out here later on in the summertime. But uh, I know, some of the sports business journal reports have had um, that the charter teams want to go from 8 million, which I, I believe is the current deal, 8 million, 8 to 10 million uh, a year to some of the teams that they want to double it and double it in half, actually, to 16 to 18 million a year for for them. And, and you know, if you don't know the charter system, you can Google it and, and read a lot about it. But, you know, it's they get TV money. They don't get concession stand money. They don't get the parking lot money. They don't get, um, you know, ticket money. They get TV money. And we don't have that in drag racing. Uh, flow right now. Flow is legitimately the closest thing to offering up any type of media because they're helping these promoters uh, by carrying and paying them for for their content and the opportunity, and that is something that I know a lot of people don't sit back and think about. Uh, and I'm not going to say older generation racers, but if we don't have people, not to toot your horn, Warren, but if we don't have people like you and Motormania and Flow out there putting on these live stream events, grinding away. This is not a get rich freaking scheme. Nobody's going to have a hundred million dollar freaking boat off a live stream and freaking, you know, fragmented drag racing. But we have to do this so that we can find spots, money, value. And NASCAR is the the utopia, if you will, on that for us to kind of sit back and try to pick pieces out of it and implement them, even in the the smallest form, into what we're doing. Yeah, I I agree. I uh, you're talking about fragmentation of the marketplace and uh, uh, being in part of that fragmented marketplace. My objective is to to put eyeballs on the racers. And that's the only way that we're going to get uh, revenue to come back into the sport. You know, at my level, it's not it's not nearly like the Fox deal or anything like that. But if I can put uh, a race on that previously had no exposure and offer up an audience of thirty five to forty thousand 
people that are watching it at, at 20 to 30 minute increments, that has some value to an advertiser. Because really, that's what the advertiser wants. They want to expose their product in front of the advertiser and then activate, convert them into a sale. That's that's what it all is all about with advertising. And up until Mark with Motormania or Chad at Bankshift or any of us started doing that, the vast majority of drag racers never got any exposure at all. So now we're putting them in front of eyeballs, creating an audience and giving them the opportunity to get sponsorships or give a sponsor an opportunity to expose himself to that specific market segment that they're trying to sell to. You know, 40 years old, plenty of discretionary income, male, interested in this in, in high performance or motorsports. The people that still remember what a 68 Camaro is and may have one out in the garage and want to tinker with it. So uh, that's an area that we're trying to reach. And at the higher levels, they're trying to reach a, a different customer set. But all in all, sponsors need eyeballs on their product, and we're trying to do our best to do that. Well, you're not wrong with that aspect. I mean, when you start looking at NASCAR and, and people say, well, you know, NASCAR's dead. Did you see the stands? Did you see how many people were there? How many people weren't there? And it doesn't matter. I mean, just look at the growth. They made the announcement yesterday that Las Vegas has going to have an F1 race for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I thought I saw 10 years. Didn't they ask for a 10-year guarantee? I mean, hello, I don't know how many commas and zeros we're going to get to, but Las Vegas didn't need any more commas and zeros, but they damn sure about to get an influx of commas and zeros. I mean, and, and, if, and if you think that that's bad, it that's, again, we can talk about it, but we're not the same. We're, we're not the same people. We're not pushing the rock in the same direction. Uh, I got a text message. Uh, yesterday evening from somebody who, uh, no no shocking news here, that also listens to the Dale Jr. download and racers and rental cars. And Dale Jr. went off on a, on a tangent about mufflers. And I talked about them a couple weeks ago on, on podcast here about, you know, I'm sitting here in Bradenton. I'm looking out the window and Garrett is standing over here on the other side of the fence. And, and he and Victor, they're down here struggling to keep their their racing alive and well because people are worried about noises and stuff. And it was great to hear because uh, I hadn't heard it. You hadn't heard the episode yet. And someone tells me, man, you and Dale Jr., you're both on it. You, you said give them mufflers and get back in Nashville. You say if they need mufflers in Bradenton, give them up. He's like, it's, it, I mean – that doesn't mean I'm as good as Dale Jr. I'm not comparing myself, but it's <laughs> nice to know. It's nice to know that the perspective and the thought processes are there. And that's what needs to be done. And if you, it, we need to push and push. And if that means that people say that you're angry uh, or, or, or they don't like you, I think, I think that was something you told me one time, Warren, is that, that somebody <laughs> doesn't like me. They think you're angry all the time. No, I'm passionate, God dang it. We need the sport to survive, and we need to do what we need to do 
to keep pushing it forward with drag week and sick week and radio racing and flow and this company and that company. And we need to have different platforms and we need Netflix and we need F1 to be good. We need everybody to continue to push and expose people in one way, shape or form to, to a form of motorsports and try to suck them in. Can't disagree with that at all. And hopefully uh, they'll come up with a solution there in Bradenton, hopefully. And, uh, uh, because I would hate to see that facility go away. Well, I, from what I understand, and it's going to be something that, you know, going to talk to Doug and, and Garrett and obviously Victor, but I, from what I understand, there's some proposals going on and some concessions here and there, and they're actually going to like build up some of the real estate around here. And it's going to be like motorsports housing. It's going to be for individuals that want to buy a house uh, a little bit larger pieces of property uh, to put shops on or house racing equipment that are going to be the ones that'll be close, if you will, to the motorsports noise. And I got to tell you, I'm like, hey, I, sign me up. That sounds like a VRBO opportunity in the near future, but <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, I got let's talk since I want to get off on a tangent on the NASCAR stuff. So I'm going to get it out of the way really quick. Uh, a lot of different PR and stuff that's been going on in the past couple of weeks. Uh, but the do's and the don'ts, I guess uh, Kyle Busch um, got detained at the airport, uh, which caused me to have a couple different thought processes. What the hell was Kyle Busch doing flying commercial? Uh, and second, he got detained because he left his damn handgun in his bag. That also That's not made smart. Me go, well, I didn't really. I mean, the smart piece of it, I just kind of, I didn't even go there. I really don't. It, that don't really matter. My thing was, is who the hell thought Kyle Bush had a damn handgun? <laughs> yeah, he don't seem the type. Well, I, you know, and then. I said that initially, and then last night I'm scrolling through the Twitter world, and I see that Kyle Bush did an interview out there in L.A. and said that Joey Logano was two-faced. So maybe, maybe Kyle having a handgun, maybe that's kind of in line. He might need it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I you know, being a public figure like he is, and he certainly has his haters. Maybe it gives him a little more comfort to, like you say, to be packing um, with the hopes that you would never, never have to use it. Well, I, I reckon so, but that, I, you know, you sit there and again, we're getting, this is going to be a little on the top of the PR stuff that is kind of making me, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't let go of this yet. Um, so, okay, I guess, you know, that's the get out in front of it, let everybody know what happened type situation. Um, but my my damn next two just don't uh, – they don't they just don't make any sense to me. I, and and I, I hate it um, on the, you know, the humanity side of things. Joe Gibbs Racing had to make a PR announcement to let people know that Ty Gibbs would not be answering any more questions in regards to the passing of his father. And 
when I saw that come out, I went, who the hell keeps bothering the damn kid about his dad passing? I mean, for the love of God, stay in your lane. Wait till the book comes out. I don't know, but stay the hell out of the kid's business. He's getting paid to drive a race car. He wins the championship and wakes up the next morning and his dad has died overnight. And you're and here we are, we're what, November? Well, I don't know. What are we, four months? And you're still asking questions? Shut the hell up. And if you don't, and, and if you can't, by all means, please post your questions out there in the Twitter world so we all can go deep diving into your trash can and dig up all the stuff it's going wrong in your life. And we can drag that shit out there in the Twitter world. Just chipped me up to no end. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, he is a young man. He's, is he even 20 years old? I don't think he, he is, right? He, no, no, he couldn't even drink a damn beer or have a celebratory drink after winning, you know, you know the Xfinity Cup. I, I, I don't know. You know, his, his biggest supporter in his life is suddenly gone. The guy that helped him get to that championship. Uh, yeah, let him process it. Get out of the way. I mean, he's a he's a human being that deserves his own time and space and way to deal with it. And and the private side of his life is is really nobody's business. But it's clickbait. People on the on the media side want to drive eyeballs to their to their stuff. So they dig and prod and it's it's not right. It's not fair. Well, I will tell you right now on the PR side for NASCAR, if you're not following Bob Pockris or Kelly Crandall, I, you know, I just feel like everybody else uh, just just falls. But that's just me right now. Uh, the last one that, again, kind of had a funny comment for me uh, or, or made me chuckle, if you will, when I read it. Martin Truex Jr. and his longtime partner, Sherry, parted ways and they had to put out a damn PR statement to let people know to shut the hell up. Don't ask him any questions. They, they, they were moving on and Sherry's been on again, off again, battling cancer. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but God, I feel like she's been doing it for the better part of, of five, over five years. Uh, her and Martin ton of money, foundational support. They raise money for kids and women for battling cancer. And so, I mean, you can't, they, they've done everything they possibly can together right. And that, I, I guess that just hit home for me, a little too close to home, if you will, uh, because it's never easy. It's always hard. And for Martin and his team and Sherry and her team, for them to have to put out a damn PR statement to tell people to shut the hell up and leave them alone, stay, in their, stay out of their business. Again, that was just, uh, I don't know. It, it just makes me go, are you for real? Are you kidding me? So the caveat to that is, is Martin Truex Jr. last year said he was retiring. He was hinting around about it, kicking cans. Came into the season, won the clash. And a soundbite was, Martin, what's the difference? And he said, I'm pissed off. And now, <laughs> and I was like, Holy cow. Heck yeah. 
So Martin Truex Jr. is my early 2023 season pick to be the NASCAR Cup champion because he is going to be driving around pissed off and not giving a rat's ass about anybody. So, uh, Martin, I, I'm pulling for you this year. You're my you're my dark horse, big guy. You're you're my leader in the clubhouse. I'm gonna be on the on the Martin Truex Jr. bandwagon for 2023. Uh, but yeah, I the PR stuff. I, I mean, the clickbait. It's got to stop. Just got to stop. Well, as a society in general, we need to figure out what respectful boundaries are, and try to stay on our side of the boundary. You know what? There's boundaries in every damn thing, Warren. And sometimes we blow right the hell through them and we're not smart enough to to figure out what we're doing. And we we legitimate, even if the person's telling you, hey, boundaries. Yes. Boundaries, mother scrubber. Boundaries. And you you're you're legitimately you're blinded by it. You're just. And for all of you listening, I'm giving the deer in the headlight on a country road look right now. And you just, you know, you go through it. And and somebody, somebody on Twitter said that they hoped that the person that was asking the questions and writing and so forth and creating the clickbait, that they had a moment of clarity when they felt bad about it, right? Or felt remorseful. And I, my, I, in my head, I went, if the person has a heart and a conscious, they would get there. Even if they're blinded and they, and they, they don't realize what they're doing. If they're a human, they'll get there at some point. We all do things that are just ridiculous. And you go, what the hell was I thinking? And the, and the short answer is you weren't, you weren't thinking. And then right. the next answer is, what do I got to do to improve myself? Uh, so I hope that there's a lot of respect that goes on and people get, you know, get back in their lane, if you tiptoed over the line and had to write a clickbait article because you couldn't make your damn rent this month. I'm, I may forgive you a little bit, but um, damn it, get back over on the good side. Well, just to tap onto that, if if that's what you have to do to make a living, maybe you are in the wrong line of work. There are signs all the way down 64 down here. Uh, I mean, for miles and miles, there ain't a damn place down here that ain't hiring. So <laughs> just, that's right. Just just stop writing. Oh man. Okay, so we're not gonna hold on. We're not gonna hold people hostage uh, for a long winded episode this week. But I gotta give my shout outs on the media side for NASCAR a little bit. Uh, Brian Loans has had some good episodes uh, with with Pentagon and McKenna uh, on the NHRA side. And listeners, I would tell you that there was an episode a few weeks back on uh, NHRA. N- uh, N- said the non professional announcer, uh, NHRA Insider Podcast. Loans had Tony Pentagon and Kevin McKenna, and they were chipped up about drivers, personalities, and talking smack and having some having some backbone and creating some storylines and drama and so forth. And got me excited. Got me hopeful that we will see something in 2023. I fast forward 
to this week's Dirty Mo Media. They dropped the new podcast, Denny Hamlin. Uh, action's detrimental. Uh, it's brand new. Do yourself a favor. You guys know that I listen to Dale Jr. and Dorbar Dor- Clear. Both of them are back. But but go listen to Denny. I, I know people hate him, but but damn, he makes fun of himself and laughs it off and is not holding his tongue. And I think that that's what our sport needs. Now they gave him a microphone for 30 to 60 minutes once a week. I think it's going to be awesome. And, and I'm not a Denny. I'm telling you right now, I'm not a Denny Hamlin fan. Okay. But at the same point, I can be a fan of somebody that can go out there and take Warren's little cliche, move the needle and engage and keep me engaged to listen to a point of view. Oh, yeah. By the way, he's an owner with Michael Jordan. So he ain't dumb. You might not like what he does on the racetrack, but he ain't stupid at all. At all. So do yourself a favor. Tune in, listen to that. I mean, good God, he's got a segment in the damn show that they read mean tweets that people send them. And a couple of them, all I heard was one word and a whole lot of beeps. And I, I'm sorry. I, that's go, go troll and send those to me because I need some good, uh, good reading material. <laughs> all right, Warren. Yes, sir. Let's talk about, let's talk about sick week. I don't, you know, we're, you and I are going to be, you let the cat out of the bag. I'm going to be engaged in this starting uh, podcast will drop Saturday. You and me are going to start working on Sunday, creating content, setting up, traveling the circus. Let, let's give our listeners uh, something of what you think they may see next week. Well, next week you're going to see a whole different car culture than a lot of people are used to. You're going to see everything from a, five-second, 250-mile-an-hour pro-mod car all the way down to daily drivers. But they all have the same objective, to travel the circuit, race at each of the racetracks, follow the checkpoint list to get to the next racetrack and to survive the five days on the road. And so we start out at Orlando, and the way that it works is it's called drag and drive for a reason. Because the element, the two big elements are you make a race, uh, make a run down the racetrack, the drag part of it. And then you have to drive on a designated route from, from that racetrack to the next racetrack, check in at the checkpoints and arrive at the next racetrack. And when you go, all you've got is you, your race car, you may have somebody driving with you. Whatever you can get in the car or on a little trailer that's attached to the car is all you've got. You may have towed in in a in a big toter home and everything, but once 9 o'clock Monday morning, they impound all that stuff. It's all locked up, and you are on your own to get to the next one and make the whole circuit. And, again, part of the magic is watching, you know, a Tom Bailey in the six seconds Camaro go out there and run in the fives and then swap the tires over, swap the fuel system over, put his earphones on to muffle the sound, and and then drive it from Orlando to Bradenton, and then Bradenton on up to South Georgia. And you know that's that's all part of the process. So we started Orlando. Day two is at Bradenton. Day three is at South Georgia Motorsports Park. Day four is at Gainesville Raceway, and then day five is back at Orlando Friday night 
to finish up the event and hand out the awards. And there were 400 openings to get in to participate with this. And it sold out in three minutes, which just blows my mind. And with the waiting list, those folks can do the sick ward part of the event, which is everything except go down the drag strip. And we'll have maybe as many as 700 people participating in that. It's just, it's a whole different culture. And they're not running for big prize money. In fact, all they get at sick week is a helmet. That is the award, right? No cash prizes, nothing like that. It's it's the pride of surviving the event, making a run, try to be best in your class. But if you're not, you're helping everybody else that's involved. And uh, it, it's just an amazing event. I was never exposed to any of it before I did my first Hot Rod Drag Week. And it, it was a mind-changing experience. And I think people are going to love it. Well, I know last year was my... I can came over for one day at Valdosta there at South Georgia and was amazed uh, and kind of not necessarily hooked on it, but just the the simple fact that you're in the middle of nowhere on a Wednesday and there's freaking 10,000 people hanging out to, to watch the, it. Like, and, and all they're doing is it's like a car show or a, Ripley's Believe It or Not, and a testing tune all wrapped up into one. Because, I mean, uh, what was that? There was like an eight or nine second Volvo station wagon, uh, six second, you know, door cars. I mean, and then the next thing you know, you see a 280Z, uh, you know, <laughs> towing a trailer. The damn trailer was bigger than the damn 280Z. Uh, but he's rolling down. It's just amazing uh, of it. And Kevin McKenna at Indy last year, we talked. He's like, it's not the going down the drag strip. He goes, that's just one piece of it. It's figuring out how to sit in traffic if you get caught in traffic in Florida and not melt your engine down, you know, or overheat your transmission. Oh, you know, you don't, have, you know, how do you get by without windshield wipers? Uh, you know, I mean, just right. everything as I'm sitting here watching a, a beautiful 1955 210 door postcard, beautiful, bright, bright red, uh, getting ready to make, make a run is, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm look really looking forward to giving a lot of backstories, a lot of pit content, what people are going through. I mean, last year people were hitting deers and having to pull out radiator supports using a concrete pole in a gas station. And I'm sorry, that's just funny as shit. Resourceful as hell, but funny as shit. And I just, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad that that Tom Bailey and and Doug Cook and you Warren got involved and, and got me doing this. We're going to, you know, I'm, I guess I'm covering all the segments we did U S street nationals a couple weeks ago. I'm doing sick week this, this coming week. And then I'm going right into lights out uh, <laughs> for, for Donald long. So I'm going to cover all the fragmented spots, if you will, of drag racing uh, in the first 60 days, if you will, of the 2023 season. Well, you and I are kind of on that same schedule. My first event was a private Mopar event with uh, Dodge Demons and 
anything that was fast with a Hemi in it. And then NHRA divisional last week, sick week this coming week, and got some more divisional stuff, nitro testing in Gainesville, uh, funny car chaos, the big kickoff, the classic at Texas Motorplex. And that's just my first six weeks. So um, there's lots of drag racing out there and lots of forms and flavors and I'm sure people will find the one they like and hopefully they'll tune in. All right. Well, tell our listeners before I let you go where to find us for sick week next week and where they need to find you in the 2023 season, how to follow where you're going. Okay. Well, for, for Tom Bailey's operation, this all started from a publication they put together called sick, the magazine. So you can go to that website, sickthemagazine.com and learn all about sick week, plus Sick Summer and Death Week, everything that's coming up with Tom. Uh, it will be on Tom Bailey's YouTube channel. Um, and we'll try to post it everywhere we can on Facebook and other socials so people know how to get there. But it's going to be on Tom Bailey's YouTube channel. My personal schedule is on my website, which is Drag Racer, all one word, dragracer.tv or dragracertv.com. And um, the... NHRA divisional stuff will be on NHRA's YouTube page and funny car chaos be on flow. And there's all sorts of places to go find stuff. And uh, hopefully I'm the guy behind the uh, keyboard helping to produce it. Well, Warren, I will look forward to seeing you in a few days and I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out for a piece. If you will, uh, on your downtime. As perfect time. Breaking in tires. <laughs> I like it. Uh, uh-huh. comes to life. It come, comes to life here. So um, but Warren, thank you for your time, and I'll see you in a couple days. Looking forward to it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, I hope you stuck around because if you thought that I was going to not have a Don's rant this week, you're wrong. Because what would life be without a Don's rant? So keeping in line with what my goals were coming back onto the air in late fall of 2022 and moving through 2023 is all about yourself. All about yourself and looking out for one another improving every day, trying to get better in life, not only for yourself, but for those loved ones around you or the ones that you love and care about. As a challenge, yes. And I know that the majority of my audience are men and we do not talk and have hard conversations. And God, do we not take criticisms. But at the same point, we can help one another if you need it. And there's help out there. If you know that there's things that that you've been told by people that care about you and love you or you love them, and they tell you things to try to help you or you need to improve, get like legitimately don't stick your head in the sand. Okay? Like try to find it. Don't think that because you're looking to better yourself or be more self-aware makes you some sort of 
spineless jellyfish or so forth. That's ridiculous, right? We talk about all these individual programs where we want to be a better race car driver. We want to be a better marketer. We want to be able to get better sponsorships. We want to do social media better. It is so overwhelming that we are willing to put in all this time and effort to be better at the things that we're passionate about But nobody ever talks about being passionate about being better for yourself. And that has to change. Take the evaluations. Have conversations. I promise you, at the end of the day, you will get better. And you will be more self-aware about what it is that's going on. Does that mean you're going to be everybody's cup of tea? Absolutely not. But you need to be your own damn cup of tea. And if there is somebody that you're trying to make sure that you're around for and that you get better for it, your kids, your wife, your spouse, your parents, whatever the case may be, your own your own business organization. Do it. There's nothing wrong with it. You're not a weak individual at all. So that's Don's rant for this week. I ask each and every one of you to please rate, review, subscribe, give us comments, five-star rating on Spotify, Scratcher, Snitcher, Stitcher, and anywhere else that you may be downloading us and listening to us on a weekly basis. Don't forget, do not forget, Shop Squad. Go be part of NGK Shop Squad. Got prizes to sign up for. Send them an email. Tell them. Racers and Rental Cars is where you heard us. And as always, As always, I'm very grateful for each and every one of you. We've had a huge comeback uh, since we started the show back up. And the production team, myself, our partners, Cam, all of our guests, I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. Remember, stay tuned. I might figure out how to pull off a podcast in the middle of sick week. If not, tune in for that. Following week, you will hear from me. But it'll be from South Georgia Motorsports Park and lights out. I'm Don O'Neill, co-host of Racing Rental Cars. See you soon. Let's put it up for the weekend. Whoa.